It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show today is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company that provides life-changing nutrition information. And our topic today, it's dry eye syndrome and macular degeneration. You know, most of us would say that vision is our most valuable sense out of all the body senses. Over 90% of our input, things that we take in through the day, um, is through our eyes. So I think it's very, it's easy to take the gift of eyesight for granted until something starts to fail. So during our show, we're going to discuss how preventable these two conditions are, dry eye and macular degeneration. We're going to tell you what foods might make the problems worse and what foods you can eat to prevent or stop progression if you're already having symptoms. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist, and I am a nutrition counselor and an educator. And joining me today in the studio is my friend and colleague, Kate Crosby. She's also a nutrition counselor. We got a great topic today, Cara. And good morning to all of our listeners. You know, if you're new to the show, get ready, because we're going to make a connection between nutrition, what you actually put in your mouth, and your eye health. You know, a little while back, Cara, you and I did a show about cancer, talking about how the right nutrition can prevent cancer. And I remember during that show, we emphasized it's never too early to start a cancer prevention plan and better to be thinking about prevention when you're young rather than waiting Mm -hmm. for symptoms or a diagnosis. That's right. And that's the same message we want to convey to all of you listeners today, that both dry eye syndrome and macular degeneration are usually preventable. When it comes to eye health, it's much easier to have a prevention plan because some diagnoses like macular degeneration are actually not reversible. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk more about how the progression of that disease can often be stopped, you know, so it doesn't get worse. And while it might be possible to reverse a little bit of the damage, there's no currently there's no known cure for that. You know, we'll we'll spend time talking about both conditions, but. Since dry eye syndrome is really more common than macular degeneration, let's let's start with that. Sounds great. So we'll just kind of dive right, right into in. our topic today because we have a lot of information. Dry eye syndrome, it's an eye disease that's caused by lack of tears, just like it sounds. And we need tears for the normal lubrication of eyes and to wash away particles in foreign bodies. Dry eye syndrome happens from the tears evaporating or simply from low tear production. So the person's eyes dry out and they also become inflamed. And, you know, it it can occur at any age and in people who are otherwise healthy, but it's more common in older ages when naturally fewer tears are produced. Starts to happen around age 40. Mm -hmm. That low, fewer tears. Fewer tears. Mm -hmm. And um, dry eye syndrome is more common in women, especially those postmenopausal women, possibly due to some hormonal changes. So some of the signs of dry eye would be like a burning or itching, maybe a stinging sensation. Your eyes might feel gritty or just really sore. 
you might have strained or tired eyes after reading, even if you've only been reading for a short time. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of things that make dry eye worse. Things like having eye surgery, like LASIK surgery. Um, Wearing contacts can cause discomfort. You could have blurred vision or sticky eyelids or mucus in the eyes. People who have dry eye know, you know, if you're listening, you know what kind of treatments are out there. Um, They really range from either being on oral medications, sometimes antibiotics Mm -hmm. or, or steroids. I have a client who has been on antibiotics for quite a while. For dry eye mm-hmm. syndrome. For a dry eye syndrome. Hmm. And maybe they're using artificial tears or other types of eye drops that could contain antibiotics in the eye drops or mm-hmm. steroids. Mm-hmm. Other people have plugs put in their ducts, to, And that would be in a situation where there was a clogged duct mm-hmm. um, and the plugs actually allow the tears to flow again. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that I guess conventional medicine is doing for dry eyes. But like any other medication, these medications really are working as band-aids. They're really not addressing the root issue, which really stems from inflammation. And there are steps to take nutritionally that reduce inflammation. We talk about them all the time when, mm-hmm. in other shows. So as always, when we're talking about inflammation, there are foods that are going to create more inflammation and foods that are going to reduce it. I like to think of it this way, that everything I put in my mouth is either doing one or the other. So, for example, if you had eggs for breakfast today, maybe you're cooking them right now while you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. That would be an example of a food that's reducing inflammation. Now, on the other hand, if you rediscovered your child's Halloween candy, maybe they're still sleeping. Uh You discovered that and you're having that for breakfast this morning, that's an example of something that would create inflammation. It's that sugar. That sugar. Those are the main (laughs) foods that cause inflammation, the sugar, those high-carbohydrate foods, and unhealthy fats like trans fats. And we know people probably don't want to hear this a couple days after Halloween and only a month before Thanksgiving, two months before Christmas. But that's part of our job, right, Kate? (laughs) We have to say this. Part of the reason so many people don't want to hear it is because those foods are so prevalent in our culture. But they also can be very addicting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about not only Halloween candy, but things like cookies, cakes, sodas, muffins, juice, mm-hmm. all of those high sugar foods, high carbohydrate foods. So, like, yeah, they're very similar on the way that they, what happens to your body, it's similar to candy. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to be just candy that's. And I sh- we should also include bread because we know oh, that, right. that, you know, a slice of bread can raise your blood sugar, which is actually creating that inflammation mm-hmm. faster than a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're say. thinking about car- total carbohydrate content Yes, and how processed is the food. And bread is a processed food. And there's other snacky foods like chips, crackers, pretzels. All those starchy, high-carbohydrate foods can increase inflammation. And so you had said bread, but also, you know, bagels, cereal, maybe pasta. You know, I really like that article written a while back by um, our nutritionist, Brenna. It's on our website. It's about the connection between high blood sugar and eye disease. And she starts out the article saying, Who knew that when I used to eat my morning bowl of Kashi cereal with skim milk and a banana— that I was setting myself up for eye disease later in life. That is certainly not a connection most Mm -hmm. people are going to make. 
but that's what we want you to think about today. So the quick version of yeah, how that works is anytime we eat high sugar or high carbohydrate foods, it spikes the blood sugar, which causes a spike in insulin. Insulin is a hormone. Its job is to bring the blood sugar back down. But high insulin in the body creates inflammation. So high sugars create high insulin, Mm -hmm. which creates that inflammation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So excessive sugar in your blood, interestingly enough, can pull fluid from the lens of your eye, affecting your ability to focus. That excessive sugar can damage the blood vessels in your retina part of your eye. That also obstructs blood flow. So you can imagine that breakfast that that, uh, was the example from Brenna's article, actually, it turns into 20 teaspoons of sugar in the blood. Wow. So we're kind of guessing that that would be about 80 grams of carbohydrates approximately. But there are a lot of foods, actually, that can lower inflammation. So why don't we talk about a few of those? Sounds good. Well, foods that reduce inflammation are vegetables. Vegetables, vegetables. vegetables. (laughs) No one gets enough vegetables. That's why we repeat this all the time on our show. I even have to repeat it to myself and remind myself that the current recommendation is, well, it's actually 9 to 13 servings in a day of vegetables and fruits. So it's really more like, I would say, six servings of veggies and three servings of fruit because we want more of those vegetables. It's about, you know, five cups in a day. Yep. And of course, omega-3 fatty acids are also going to reduce some inflammation. Almost all of us Americans are low in these essential fatty acids. It's because we really only get them from the foods we eat. And the foods that provide them are cold water fatty fish like salmon or sardines or herring, mackerel. But people are not eating cold water fatty fish on a regular basis. No, they're really not. Maybe like once a week they would have salmon. So we're a little low. So guess what? We already have a caller today. So I'm going to take that before we go to break here. Okay. Hi, good morning. Is this Barb? It is. Hi. Do you have a question for Dishing Up Nutrition? I do. Um, It's actually about my sister who is 60 and has had the dry eye, but not just the tears. It's that heavier layer of almost like mucus that's on the eye that she's lost. Hmm. And I was wondering, you know, she does the restasis, she does some other eye drops, she puts kind of a gel on her eye before she goes to bed, and I was wondering mm-hmm. nutritionally if there is something she could do to get that back. That That's a great Good question. question. I will be answering it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some, I guess they're more general tips for dry eye. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of different types of dry eye diagnoses. Um But if you stay tuned, we're actually going to give some great tips in a minute here on taking essential fatty acids would be my first Mm -hmm. recommendation. Like we're going to talk about fish oil, omega-3, and then GLA, gamma-linolenic acid. Okay. Those would be our kind of top two. Does she eat uh, the inflammatory foods that we were just speaking of? That I'm not sure about. Because that's kind of the first place to start. Okay. Yep, she needs to reduce inflammation and then maybe add in some essential fatty acids that we'll give more details on. You'll get lots of tips. Yeah. All right, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Barb. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the call. Mm -hmm. Well, we have, you know what, maybe we should just go, is it okay if we go to break? Okay. 
We only have about 30 seconds. And when we come back, we'll talk more about anti-inflammatory foods. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I enjoy sharing recent nutrition news that I come across. And I did find a study from last week, October 23rd. It was published in the medical journal called Neurology. The results show that those with higher blood sugar levels are more likely to have memory problems. The 141 people in the study did not have diabetes or even prediabetes. So technically, their blood sugars were in the normal range. But what they found is that people with lower blood with the lower blood sugar levels were more likely to have better scores on memory tests, like word recall. So if you have a question for us today, like Barb did, please call the studio at 651-641-1071. It's the time of year when everyone wants to diet. The trick is choosing the right one. Now, there are those plans that say, eat whatever you want. Well, that's kind of what got you here in the first place, right? How about getting to the bottom of why you want what you want? Because there was a time when people didn't want that stuff. Mac and cheese, bagels, cookies, chips. And mostly because they didn't exist. But obesity didn't really either. The challenge these days is to either avoid those foods, which can be torture, or stop craving them, which might sound kooky, but is entirely possible. And your best chance for success. The folks at Nutritional Weight and Wellness can help you make it happen without pills, points, or packages. Just real food. It's sciency, not sexy, but you can be. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor. I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. And our topic today is we're going to talk about the health of our eyes, how nutrition is the best prevention plan for dry eye and macular degeneration. You know, Cara mentioned a study from last week in Neurology, uh, a publication. It found a link between having lower blood sugar levels and improved memory. So if managing your blood sugars is an issue for you, maybe you have prediabetes or you you have diabetes, we've got this wonderful two-hour class on this topic, and it's coming up today in just a few hours from noon to two at in our uh, Lakeville office, where I often work. This class is called Avoiding the Diabetic Epidemic with Real Food. You can call our office at 651 651- Six nine nine three four three eight. If you'd like to register, it's a great class. All right. Well, we were talking. You were talking about omega three fatty acids and how people aren't eating cold water fatty fish on a yep. daily basis, so, so they're we're pretty deficient, not getting enough. There are other foods, anti-inflammatory foods, that contain these healthy omega three fatty acids, and those foods would be grass-fed meat. Egg yolks or eggs that are coming from pasture-raised chickens. Fish that's coming from a good source, preferably wild-caught. All Mm -hmm. of those contain Mm -hmm. omega-3s. So for dry eye syndrome, we recommend taking an omega-3 supplement, at least 3,000 milligrams Mm -hmm. a day. And another essential fatty acid that we had mentioned with the previous caller is GLA that could be very beneficial for dry eye syndrome. It's anti-inflammatory. 
And you're going to want to get the amount of 600 milligrams or more of GLA per day. Mm -hmm. And you can get that in evening primrose oil, borage oil. Mm -hmm. Those are two really Really good sources. So those are good supplements. But drinking enough water is really important to, to reduce dry eye syndrome, too. And you might ask, well, oh, I drink a lot of water. Well, let's just test it out. This is what what uh, you need to do. you got to drink half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you're 140 pounds, shoot for about 70 ounces of water a day. Being dehydrated, obviously, is going to make dry eyes worse. Now, interestingly enough, many beverages are diuretics, which mean they actually pull water from your body. Those are the beverages that contain caffeine and alcohol. So if you drink caffeine or alcohol, you need to add even more water. Many people find by modifying their diet and adding in these anti-inflammatory supplements. That that, fish oil and the GLA. yeah, Right, and drinking enough water that the lowered inflammation will help stimulate healthy flow of tears again. And that's the, the whole aim here. You know, other things to note if you've got dry eyes is there are certain medications that actually can cause the syndrome. So things like cold medications, allergy medications, these have decongestant Mm -hmm. and antihistamine effects, which actually dry up tissue. So be aware of that. Right. I mean, you can, I don't know if you've ever taken things like that, but you can, everything gets dry, your mouth. And so that could certainly cause dry eye. And be sure to look at the side effects of any medications you might be taking if you have dry eyes. Because sometimes even sleeping pills, birth control pills, acne medications, diuretics like for Mm -hmm. blood pressure often, and other blood pressure medications, those can all sometimes cause dry eyes Mm -hmm. as a side effect. You know, in addition, Cara, there are some health conditions which will reduce tear production, which then causes this dry eye. Sjogren's, an autoimmune condition where there are dry eyes and dry mouth. Other autoimmune diseases where they may also be dry eyes are scleroderma or rheumatoid arthritis or even lupus. And some people have, these are all really big words, right? Some people have blepharitis, that's just inflammation of the eyelids, or possibly rosacea, which is a skin disorder. And anyone with those two issues are likely to have clogged glands and less tear production. And, you know, what's really interesting is every single one of those conditions and diseases we just mentioned all stem from inflammation. And we know that about autoimmune disorders, but also any health condition where the word ends in itis, like rheumatoid arthritis, um, or you just mentioned blepharitis. (laughs) So easily. Um, Those are all (laughs) inflammatory conditions. So regardless of the exact reason that people have dry eyes, the goal is, it's always the same underlying goal. It's reducing inflammation. And we we have another caller, so I'm going to grab that. Okay. Good morning, Pamela. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Do you take the omega-3s and the omega-6s at different proportions? I thought there was a proportion you needed to take them at. Oh, you're you're thinking of high, by the way, Pamela. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, okay. I think you're thinking that that we we eat. Generally speaking, our diet is rich in omega sixes, and so we want to always reduce omega sixes. This is slightly different 
This is an activated omega-6 called GLA. Okay. Um, and that disregard uh, the, the, the same sort of rule of thumb to reduce omega-6s. Um, this is a therapeutic form of omega-6s, and it's, and it's essential. Um, and it's very helpful for people with hormone issues or skin issues or lung tissue issues and now eye issues. Okay, the GLA-200, so you can take equal amounts of that and the omega-3s? Certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. okay. Good question. Well, all right, thank you. Thanks, Pamela. So just maybe to clarify that for listeners, Kate, you picked up on that very well. I was very <laughs> impressed. I wasn't exactly sure what the question was, but was Pamela referring to that whole like 20 to 1 ratio of we're getting more omega-6s in our diet than omega-3s? Yes, yes. Okay. Because our food, our processed food, contains a lot of omega-6s. Not a very healthy, mm-hmm. not the healthy form of omega-6. So, so then you, you explain that the omega-6 we're talking about, which is GLA, is very different. It's from a plant. Exactly. And it's anti-inflammatory versus other omega-6s that have Our, a bad rap, which rightly so, would be from refined oils. Like canola or oils. corn oil. Yeah. Right. Okay, great clarification. Well, we are going to switch gears Here's now for bit. the rest of the show. <laughs> we talked about dry eye. So what? let's talk about macular degeneration. Sounds great. It's really a serious eye disease that causes the loss of your central vision. Central vision is needed for reading. It's needed for driving and other daily functions. And with the loss of central vision, it's more of a challenge to work on certain activities like sewing or fixing small objects. So with this disease, it can be difficult and sometimes even impossible to read faces or recognize faces. And some of the first signs of age-related macular degeneration might be a blurry spot in the center of your field of vision. Or you might notice that you need more light to read a book. But the complete list of early signs and symptoms I read was really pretty technical. So um, the best recommendation is to get regular eye exams. You know, many of the signs are best detected when your eyes are dilated during an eye exam. It's now recommended that anyone over 40 years old have regular eye checkups Mm -hmm. so that these problems can be identified in their early stages. And you may have heard the term, you know, we're kind of going back and forth with the term macular degeneration, but there's also Mm age-related macular degeneration. Most macular degeneration cases are age-related, usually affecting older adults. It is the leading cause of blindness and visual impairment for people over the age of 50. And the American, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this word correctly. Optometric. I need to call my client who's an optometrist. (laughs) Where are you, Melissa? Optometric (laughs) Association says the incidence of macular, Age-related macular degeneration is expected to triple by the year 2025. You know, here's some other interesting tidbits about macular degeneration. Well, it's usually a gradual disease. The condition progresses so slowly that you don't notice it, and you don't notice your vision is worsening until it's kind of too late. It's also not a painful condition, so it can go unnoticed for some time. Approximately 10% of ages 66 to 74 will have stages of macular degeneration. And the prevalence goes up to 30% in the age group 75 to Hmm. 85. And another important thing to note is that family history matters with this disease. So the risk of getting advanced stage macular degeneration goes up by 38% for Hmm. those who have a relative 
with macular degeneration. Well, all that being said, your eyesight does not have to worsen with age. It's it's actually not a normal part of aging. We want to make everyone aware that you might need to use more rigid measure, measures of prevention, you know, if you do have a relative mm-hmm. with this disease, but it it is for the most part preventable. And it's easy to just say to yourself, oh, I'm getting older, my joints are aching, I can't sit on the floor or take those stairs like I used to, my vision's getting worse. Oh, these just must be normal signs of aging. But it doesn't have to be that way. Arthritis and declining vision are just signs your body is giving you that it's in a really high state of inflammation, that famous word. And we have a lot of tips for you on preventing this very debilitating disease. So we are, we're going to start out with our first recommendation, but I'm noticing that it is time for a break. And I, before we go to break, I want to tell you about our weight and wellness series that will be starting up this week. The series lasts for six weeks. It's two hours once a week. And you get the latest science of nutrition taught in a practical and a fun way. It's an interactive class, so you can ask questions. You can share ideas among class members on, you know, grocery shopping and cooking. Whether you want to get rid of your chronic heartburn or eczema, lower your blood pressure, or lose weight, this is the class for you. If you have a question today, please do give us a call at the studio, 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kate Crosby, and I'm here with Cara Carper. Dry eye syndrome and macular degeneration is our topic today. You know, before break, Cara talked about our weight and wellness classes that are starting up this week. So I just want to give you some times and dates. We've got classes all over the Twin Cities. And on Monday, November 4th, there's a weight and wellness series offered in Andover from 6.30 to 8.30. And then on Thursday, November 7th, a series is going to begin in Lakeville from 6 o'clock to 8 p.m. So you can call our office at 651-699-3438, or you can even sign up online at weightandwellness.com. All right, back to our topic. Um, we had just kind of switched over to talking about macular degeneration, mm-hmm. and we want to give our first recommendation, and this is for a nutrient that we actually referred to when it comes to dry eye syndrome as well. Mm-hmm. Going to give you a hint. It's an essential fatty acid. Most of us are deficient in it. Oh, and you're right if you're thinking that it's omega-3 fatty acids. But in this case, it's a very specific one. It's the DHA. DHA is essential. It's an essential fatty acid, and it's highly concentrated in your eye. There are a number of studies showing that DHA has been found to prevent age-related macular degeneration. One study from 2011 was conducted by researchers at Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. And it was a very, very large-scale study. It followed over 38,000 women. Average age was 54. It followed them for 10 years. Those with the highest intake of DHA had a 38% reduced risk of developing age-related macular degeneration. That's, that's significant. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, we also have another study on DHA and macular degeneration, but before we report those findings, it's probably a good time to explain there are two different stages of macular mm-hmm. degeneration. First, there is the initial diagnosis, which is called dry 
age-related macular degeneration. About 10% of people with that diagnosis would progress from the dry to the wet age-related macular degeneration. And the wet stage, it's more advanced, and it's like the later stage Mm -hmm. of the disease. So that wet age-related macular degeneration happens as damaged blood vessels begin to leak into the macula, which is just part of the retina, which causes increased inflammation and swelling. So the bleeding, leaking, scarring eventually cause irreversible damage. And if steps aren't Mm -hmm. taken to stop the progression, then there's rapid vision loss in this stage as well. And that's why, you know, earlier we had said there really is no known Cure, cure for this. Mm-hmm. So that's why we just want to prevent home prevent. how important it is for prevention. Here's where the next study comes in that we had talked about for D- adding in DHA. The study had French patients with early signs of macular degeneration had them use over 800 milligrams of DHA per day for three years. In most patients, this dose of DHA, it did raise their blood levels of DHA enough where they were almost 70% less likely to experience hmm. further eye damage. So after that initial, kind of oh. like the early stages. Mm-hmm. But in some patients, the 800 milligrams of DHA per day wasn't enough to offer protection. DHA has many, many uses in the body, especially when it comes to inflammation. So picture any inflammation in your body, and it's calling out for more DHA. Then you take the DHA as a supplement, and the body tries to distribute it to all those different areas that need attention. So you can imagine, let's say someone has arthritis, colitis, depression, heart disease, or is overweight, or any combination of those. They're likely to need higher doses of DHA for their eyes because there are so many other demands on their Mm -hmm. body for the DHA. Maybe that person would need to take 1,200 milligrams per day of DHA. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like a lot, but like we stated at the beginning of the show, eyesight is irreplaceable. It is. It is. You know, when we talked about dry eye syndrome, we also mentioned the foods that contain omega-3 fatty acids and that DHA. So those are those cold water fatty fish, grass-fed meat and eggs. But with macular degeneration, whatever stage it's in, or even with a family history, it's a good idea to take a daily supplement to ensure you're getting enough. It's really difficult to get a high dose from food. Let me give you an example. I mean, an egg from pasture-raised chickens typically has 100 milligrams of DHA. Mm-hmm. Which is a good amount, but... But if you're needing 800 <laughs> or right. 1,200, as the study had early stage macular degenerations taking, you know, the 800 Mm -hmm. milligrams per day, you could see how difficult it would be to get that in food. Mm -hmm. But don't let that stop you from eating those (laughs) omega-3 foods. They're all good and they all add up and they're all beneficial. And supplements aren't, you know, a replacement for For eating well. It's just in addition. Exactly. Remember that a diet that's high in something called trans fats, which are hydrogenated oils, A diet that's high in those appears to contribute to macular degeneration because trans fats interfere with the healthy omega-3 fats like DHA in your body. So every time you eat trans fats, whether it's from fast food, you know, French fries, baked goods, a lot of cookies, crackers, boxed and frozen foods have Mm -hmm. trans fats, you're actually blocking the healthy effects of DHA and Mm omega-3. 
So that's right. It's really best to stick to oils in their original form, the, the ones that ha- have not been heated or processed. So include good fats in your diet to support your eyes. Things like coconut oil or butter, avocados, olive oil. Just forget the spreads, ditch them, ditch the margarine. Use mm-hmm. real fats. And people, I think more and more people are starting to use butter and realize that margarine is not healthy. healthy. Yeah. We know that there are a lot of studies about DHA, and there are also studies on other nutrients when it comes to preventing or stopping the progression yep. of macular degeneration. The National Eye Institute suggests using high doses of certain antioxidants for the prevention of this age-related macular degeneration and to slow the progression from dry macular degeneration to the more advanced stage, that wet uh, macular degeneration. Sometimes patients have improved vision as well. So two top antioxidants for preventing and, and reducing macular degeneration are lutein, and zeoxanthin. And so there's 600 different carotenoids that are found in nature. Um, you know, people know about beta carotene, right? Fair. They know about carrots, vitamin A, but there's 600 of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Only lutein and zeaxanthin are found in the retina out of all of 600. The retina, it's really sensitive to light and oxygen, and it requires a lot of lutein in zeaxanthin as protection. Therefore, mm-hmm. that's why there's so much of these antioxidants in the retina. It's kind of interesting. It's fascinating. Lutein and zeaxanthin are found, though, in certain foods, um, those green leafy vegetables. So things like spinach or collard greens, turnip greens, broccoli, romaine lettuce, and kale. Kale mm-hmm. conta- contains the highest amount of lutein. Kale actually has about 25 milligrams per cup. You know, eggs have a good amount, too. So let's talk about what the average American is consuming for lutein in a day. It's about one to two milligrams. Yeah. And that's from, you know, average American consuming food. The USDA actually says that four to eight milligrams would be the minimum that we should be getting. But all the studies that we looked at on macular degeneration are using at least 20 milligrams day to get the benefit of the lutein. So the average person just is not getting this amount from food. Absolutely not. You know, there was a a long, um, a year-long random double-blind study, uh, placebo-controlled study, was done on Chinese drivers. The group took 20 milligrams of lutein per day. They significantly increased their macular pigment optical density Big fat words. I know. Okay, what, is, what does that mean? What <laughs> did it increase? That's the measurement used <laughs> when you look at stages of macular degeneration. So this study was published in the January edition um, in 2013 of the Journal of Nutrition. There are many other studies like this one using 20 milligrams of lutein per day with similar results. That's kind of the magic number. The magic number. So unless you're eating all of those leafy greens especially lots of kale on a daily basis, it's a good idea to be taking a supplement that contains lutein and zeaxanthin if eye health is a concern for you. We have a really great supplement at our office, and it has just the right amounts of, you know, the lutein and the zeaxanthin that we've been talking about. It's got a lot of other anti-inflammatory nutrients Mm -hmm. and antioxidants. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, some of our listeners are pretty savvy and they probably have heard of some of these lycopene, um, ginkgo. Or quercetin, quercetin, reducing that inflammation. It's called Foresight, the number four site. It's by Orthomolecular. And I was telling Kate before the show, you know, if I had any issues with my eye at all or family yeah. history, I would just go ahead and be, I'd be taking this. Yeah. I just don't want to mess around with Absolutely. that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's really scary so, when, that, when something with your eyes happens. Yeah. And it is time for our last break today. The other day I had this random urge to look up some statistics on Halloween. <laughs> all right. <Cara. laughs> Probably because Olivia had, my daughter Olivia had two costumes this year. You know, one was a hand-me-down the other one only cost $5 at Old Navy. But it got me thinking, how much do people spend on Halloween? So I had to look it up. Now, the estimated cost of costumes for this year for adults, children, and pets <laughs> was $2.6 billion. And the estimated amount of money spent on Halloween candy this year was approximately $2 billion. $2 billion <laughs> That's on a lot Halloween candy. candy? So the average household spent around $80 on Halloween candy. So no we'll way. leave you with that uh, to think about that. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. The number for our studio is 651-641-1071 if you have any questions. Why can't I lose this weight? What is wrong with me? Why can't I stop eating? My name is Nell, and two years ago, I was asking myself these questions, but I didn't know where to find the answers. I felt alone and hopeless about my weight problem. I was pre-diabetic and 100 pounds overweight. Yes, I said 100 pounds overweight. I was really depressed about my weight. I felt like I had tried everything and nothing had or was ever going to work. I felt trapped. Then I found Nutrition for Weight Loss and learned the new science of weight loss from the wonderful people at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The program taught me to use real food to stay satisfied, end my cravings, and jumpstart my metabolism. I am happy to report that with the help of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I have lost 90 pounds and dropped five dress sizes. My blood sugar is normal, and I have boundless energy. Change your life like I did. Sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss today. Call 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com to find a Nutrition for Weight Loss class near you. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby here with Cara Harper. If you just tuned, tuned in, we've been talking this hour about eye health. And before break, we were going over nutritional strategies to prevent macular degeneration. But Cara also gave us a statistic about Halloween and Halloween candy, <laughs> that over $2 billion are spent on Halloween candy this year in our country. So do you think anyone listening would like tips on what to do with the $2 billion worth of Halloween <laughs> I don't candy? know if they would or not. Besides eating it all? Believe it or not, it's a pretty controversial issue. If you happen to be a parent who is listening and you don't know what to do with the candy, but you know you don't want your child to have all of it, you could use the switch witch <laughs> method. And believe it or not, I know I'm a lot older than Kara, and I did this not knowing it was called the switch myth. Which method? <laughs> Leave the candy at the back door one night, and the next morning, the switch wit, which has replaced it with something else, like a toy. I did it with Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> they I were the it. rage. I love it. There are a lot of creative ways parents do th um, 
parents can do with leftover candy. This is just one that we recently heard about. I had a friend who, I don't know if she called it the Switch Witch, but she put the candy. This is, I think her daughter was two and a half. She put the candy in the mailbox. Hmm. And then miraculously, the <gasps> next day, a package a appeared. appeared. <laughs> but it was, it was cute because she had something shipped and mailed and Aww. actually did go to the mailbox. That's great. So, okay, should we get back to our more serious topic, topic. here on age-related macular degeneration? We were talking about nutrients that help with the yes. prevention and the stopping of the progression. DHA was one we mentioned. Yep. Lutein, zeaxanthin, yep. other antioxidants. So we really need to add vitamin D, I think, to our conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when most people think of eye health, they immediately think of vitamin A or beta carotene or eating carrots. Mm-hmm. Although vitamin A really <clears throat> is an important antioxidant for eye health, it's not as beneficial as other antioxidants like vitamin D. So we're not saying it's bad or anything. It's no. just that there's a lot of newer research on vitamin D. And the reason vitamin D has been found in studies to prevent macular degeneration is because it does lower inflammation. Now, it also de- decreases something called amyloid beta accumulation. And I know today's show, we're using a lot of scientific words. Some people are more interested <laughs> in that than others. But basically what we're saying is that high amyloid beta is associated with blindness from macular degeneration. Um, I found something else that was kind of interesting. High amyloid beta is linked to Alzheimer's disease. Absolutely. Because it causes plaque buildup in the brain. So that's just an interesting side note I came across. So if vitamin D is going to help prevent macular degeneration, it really makes sense that people get tested. So you know your levels. Um, Taking your vitamin D levels, it's a simple blood test. Do it at your doctor's office. And very often I recommend to clients that they ask for the specific number of their vitamin Mm -hmm. D level rather than being told that it's in the normal range. We like to see vitamin D levels around 50 to 80. If you don't know your levels, it's safe to take about 4,000 IUs a day. Try to buy a supplement that's a soft gel. It's just much more absorbable. Mm -hmm. Soft gel or like a liquid versus... Oh, yeah, that'd be great too. A capsule. So, yeah, with vitamin D, I mean, where do we get vitamin D, Kate? In our foods. (laughs) Foods, foods, foods. Fish. And and (laughs) got to be out in that sunlight. Yeah. And that's why we in Minnesota are so deficient. So Exactly, because we have to be out in the sunlight with... No sunscreen at the right part of the day for 20 minutes and have like half of our body exposed. And it's no wonder that so many people are, most people are deficient of all ages as well. So there are some other causes and risk factors of macular degeneration that we haven't talked about yet. And they're definitely worth mentioning, especially the fact that smoking tobacco increases the risk of age-related macular degeneration by two to three times Mm. that, uh, you know, compared to someone who has never smoked. Mm -hmm. So out of all the factors that we have control over, this appears to be the most important factor when it comes to things that are... For sure. ...preventive. So cigarette smoke does have toxic effects on the retina. Mm -hmm. You know, another one is high blood pressure can cause damage to those tiny blood vessels in the retina obstructing blood flow. So you want to make sure that's managed. 
And, you know, with high blood pressure, I suppose it's easy to just say, oh, manage your blood pressure. And that's, we have entire Foods? shows yeah. that are related to cardiovascular disease. And, and, and how you pressure. can manage that more with nutrition than just medication. Exactly. Right. Now, here's something I recently learned is that aspartame poisoning can cause vision problems. Hmm. So if you don't know what aspartame is, it also has the name NutraSweet. It's an artificial sweetener. It's in a lot of diet sodas and other beverages, diet beverages, you know, yep. maybe like Crystal, crystal Light. Light. Yep. Mm-hmm. So smoking, artificial sweeteners, they both fall into the category of free radicals. Free radicals damage and age cells. And that's why more and more people are learning about and taking antioxidants on a regular basis. Antioxidants attack the free radicals. Some free radicals are in our control, and we can choose to take them in or avoid them. So like tobacco or alcohol or aspartame, trans fats or sugar. Mm -hmm. Other free radicals are harder to avoid, things like pollution. And radiation, Mm -hmm. and I mean all the like electromagnetic frequencies, Mm -hmm. those would all be considered free radicals. radicals. So we are bombarded by these. That's why it's important. The things that we do have control over to, you know, do do what you can do. Do as best we can. There's so many things that are out of our control. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about some antioxidants that are really important in preventing or stopping macular degeneration and uh, lutein, zeaxanthin, vitamin D, DHA. There's others as well, though. Things like vitamin A, Mm -hmm. vitamin C, E, and also that. The mineral zinc, they're powerful, important when it comes to macular degeneration. They are. And so, like, for example, zinc. I know that about 75% of our population is low in zinc. Mm-hmm. And Children more so than adults. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So, you know, all of the, like, the mineral zinc and then the vitamins A, C, and E, I think it's important to add those in if Absolutely. eye health is a concern. So. Maybe we'll just talk for, we have a couple minutes left. So where would we get vitamin A in our diet? Well, fish Mm -hmm. are high in vitamin A. Cod liver oil. Cod liver oil is a great source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like vitamin E, we get that from almonds, avocados, sunflower seeds. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, right. That's a good point. A lot of these are fat-soluble vitamins. So they're going to be found in in the fats. Fatty foods. Yep. Yep. Vitamin C, we hear about oranges, and that, you know, that's great. It is in citrus. But vegetables. Right. People don't realize vitamin C is in a lot of vegetables. There's more vitamin C in a pepper than than in in an an orange. orange. Uh, Papaya, cantaloupe, strawberries are very high. Very high in vitamin C. In vitamin C and broccoli. Um, When I was researching this show, I found a lot of interesting information on, on vitamin C Vitamin C, the highest concentration in our body is actually found in our eyes. Wow. So. Didn't know that. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and zinc, that other one, found in meat? Yes, that's a great point, Kate, that zinc is found in nuts and seeds, seeds and also in meat. Greens, leafy greens. So I guess just to wrap up the show here today. First of all, I really want to thank listeners for taking an hour out of their day to tune into our radio show. We hope that you learn something that's going to improve your health or the health of someone that you know. So really, what? let's tell, say what our main message is, Kate. 
as far as for eye health, big first and foremost, reduce inflammation. Reduce inflammation. T- take those foods out that are causing inflammation. Those refined carbs, those sugars, those those uh, trans fats. Um, replace them with real fats and real vegetables, 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 right. some fruit and some Nine meat. to 13 cups. Yeah. Very, very anti-inflammatory. Important. And eye disease, it's not something that just happens overnight. People with eye disease, you know, it's actually been progressing for years, probably without symptoms. Exactly. You can prevent this from happening by taking the steps that we gave you today and you can also stop progression. So we hope you have a wonderful weekend and tune in next week. Dar, Katie, and Joanne are going to give five steps to reduce your muscle pain. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.